this is uh, this is episode eight of PsyQuest completed. Uh, recording this on Thursday, May sixteenth, uh, and I am Calvin, and this is uh, my recording partner, JC. Hello. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Hello. today we're talking about. I think I, I named this topic niche or itch. I finally think I came <laughs> up with a good name for it. Nice. Um, and what I wanted to talk about is kind of this. Uh, there's kind of a two different sort of choices you can make as a, especially as an indie developer or a hobbyist developer, even more when you have this limited time. Uh, if you look across all the different indie and hobbyist developers you might admire, there's some that do a lot of, of small games that are all very different. And then there's some that find a specific niche and make a whole bunch of games in of the, like that, usually reusing the same engine or, 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 or tools or something. And so, you know, both of those have different, ways that they're rewarding and draw and have a lot of draw and you can you have to pick one sort of because they they require entirely different ways to spend your time and different things to learn and what comes out of it is entirely different yep so something i have thought about a lot with my after the i thought about it more when we did the other episode about failures because it required making a list of all the games i haven't made yet or that i'm trying to make so. oh yeah I have my own list somewhere in the back of my mind, somewhere in a bullet journal. But um, that's the topic I wanted to talk about, but I think uh, we usually start with, uh, would you work on this week? But um, So what, what have you been working on? Did you get any work done on Atari? On uh, Atari? No. But I did get the help with getting the apartment to the house much more moved in. For example, the office I'm in right now is actually looks like an office instead of a uh, storage unit and actually see the walls and everything and have all the desks in place. And the top to my standing desk is actually screwed into the legs. So it's not going to precariously tilt over and crush my feet, which is a big plus. Yep. What else did I do? Um, job's been pleasantly uneventful for the most part. Still waiting to get that first bit of client work. Keeping busy in the meantime, learning about Scala and data engineering. That's been fun. Yeah. What else? Um, I'm making a little bit of progress on getting my novel rate publication. I'm going to countersign a contract tonight and send out some files tonight to a couple different people, get that wrapped up, and hopefully have something printable for the end of the month. Fingers crossed. So that's a deadline for that. Uh, very, very cool. Yeah. How about you? Uh, well, I, I did do, I get a little bit worked on on Neon Den. Um, I got worked on on building out the uh, the high score system that's used nice. by all the arcade games, um, and that will once once that's complete, there's a little bit of polish to do, then that will feed into the popularity of games. So it's a really important single feature because basically the the bigger high score you get then the more the popularity of the game goes up. That's how you kind of build up excitement of the game is built, beating the previous high scores. Ooh, nice. So, it's uh, like, that was like the King of Kong? What's the name of that documentary? Uh, yeah, yeah, that was a, yeah, that's a good one. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, work's also been going really well. We got a, the first big release on the project I'm on since I joined it, so that's Ooh. pretty exciting. I'm kind of... Excited to, to be around that, and I'm also really excited for the time right after the release because I sort of joined this one halfway through, and then I get to be on board for all the planning at the beginning of the next one, which I would really like. So oh, very that'll cool. be good. All right, fingers uh, crossed on that. 
Cool. So we shall uh, talk about like what we've been playing, reading, whatnot lately. So for me, sure. I've been really enjoying SteamWorld Quest, the latest SteamWorld game, the first one in the series I've played. And it's been a blast. It takes the classic JRPG battle format, but instead of choosing your actions from a list, each character in your party gets a deck that you build you build beforehand that shuffle together to decide what you can actually do on a given turn. Has great kinds of synergy, combos, streaks, whatnot, that keeps it fresh all through the twenty hours I've played so far. And it's just enjoyable story and it's enjoyable too. The characters are fun. Yeah, I, I, I passed over the first Steam World, but I really love Steam World Heist, the second one, nice. which was entirely different. Yeah. And now I, I did know the third one is yet entirely different. Yeah. Uh, it's really interesting to have a series where each of the games are basically different genres. Entirely. Yeah, all thematically unified, but totally different genres. That's Actually, that's kind, of, that's kind of in line with our theme, yeah. incidentally. Total accident, but pleasant accident, yeah. unless. In addition to that, um, that's been catching up on my podcast, so haven't been listening to audiobooks, so I've got some lined up. There's one book um, from the, I think, 70s or 80s. I remember from my childhood that I bought recently. I'm going to hope, can't wait to get that in the mail. It's called The Motel uh, of the Mysteries, and it's presented as if um, archaeologists 2,000 years in the future are exploring a tomb that's actually a hotel room. And it's very much a satire hmm. of a lot of archaeological stuff, presuppositions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. An interesting exploration of that, the kind of stories we tell ourselves about things when we don't know enough. Yeah. That's an interesting, that's an interesting perspective to, to put. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah, it's the same guy who did the, uh, I think it's the How Things Work books with uh, on the mammoths mm-hmm. cavemen and the very interesting books uh, black and white art called castle and uh, there's some such books about uh, older uh, buildings and whatnot okay, I had to forget his name but look up put in the notes right and uh, that's all for me lately how about you uh, well um let's see so we, uh, I'm getting to the point of uh, my TV watching because uh, me and my wife always have a lot of stuff we're keeping up with that we're running out of stuff that's currently in season. Mm. Supernatural season finale happened, and we caught up on that, and we're wrapping up. Charmed with basically anything supernatural we watch. So, nice. um, but a lot of stuff's running out. So oh, no. right now, there's also Stranger Things season three coming around, mm. and my son is now old enough to enjoy and be old enough to enjoy Stranger Things. So we're rewatching one and two with him. Nice, uh, and that's been really fun because uh, we tried that actually last year, but he wasn't really into it. And now he's super into it, and it's mm-hmm. it's really fun to watch. Um, yeah, it's, that that's cool. And I also like I watch it with all the nostalgia of the things in it, and he watches it with the connection to the kids being his age. Oh yeah. So it's interesting that we connect to it in different ways, and that's that's fun to see. Um, and I haven't really given a chance to play anything over the last week. Uh, we had his birthday, and so um, was either getting ready for that or doing that. Um, he's taken up a lot of the PlayStation time with his birthday present. Uh, we got him a little bit old for him but uh we got him detroit become a human because that's what he kept asking for oh wow um had had to really think about whether or not some of the some of the parts would be appropriate but he, he deals with it okay and um took the took the gamble on it um 
But yeah, he's been really enjoying it, which is a uh, a bit much for a 13 year old, but he's really liking it. Yes, I've seen a little so. bit of that go uh, from his point before. They look interesting. Yeah, it's um some of it gets a little intense, so I wasn't so sure about that, but it's been fine. His mom has been uh, also watching. Like, so one of us is always with him when he's playing to make sure, but so Good far idea, it's, yeah. it's been fine. Um, all the different perspectives is a little off um, or odd. Like you play as three different characters at different points, sometimes even in the same scene, which is a little weird. Imagine, yeah. So I remember doing that uh, with um, was it Heavy Rain? I think it was. Mm-hmm. Same same people, right? I think so. Yeah, I think like um, from what I can tell, the guy who is behind Heavy Rain and the trip become humans, the same guy who runs the studio that makes both, and he seems to be a bit full of himself in terms of like like in the case of Detroit Become Human, it almost seems like he thinks he's doing a unique thing by making a story of what if androids were like people. Yeah. Um, not really groundbreaking, but it doesn't mean it's not new things and ways to tell it. And also for a 13 year old, it's still fresher, but so it just because somebody can be a bit uh, pompous about what they make, doesn't mean that what comes out isn't actually enjoyable for someone. So yeah. May it be as enjoyable as they think it is, but it can still be enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So I guess I'll read up right into the topic then. The idea of is this genre hopping with the question, what it do you genre was is it genre hopping or is it um, what's the funny thing with games that you have both the interaction format and the actual topic of the game itself. Yeah. Well, I, the the way I was thinking of it is, um, also- like, even within one genre, you can take take it on in a lot of different ways. So, like, you can make tactics games that make entirely different takes on them and rebuild your engine every time because you do entirely new things. You know, there's a lot of variety within a particular game type. Yeah. Or you could just make a um, like make an interactive fiction engine and make all your story based games in that one engine forever which some people do to a lot of success. Yeah. Um, so it's like, if you have a very tiny amount of time, you can either spend most of it working on features and code or for, for a lot of games or most of it on content. I think that kind of is what the breakdown becomes if you're a hobbyist and you yeah. really don't have time to do both if you're going to make more than one game in your lifetime. Exactly. And even if you're not just doing it side and doing it full time as an individual, that's still very much a question of which do you focus on, the content or the engine. Yeah, I just I just think that it's more pronounced for a hobbyist because Especially. we have so so much like a sliver of time throughout our life to make these games. So some people spend like the guy who makes War Fortress even full time, but will basically make one game his entire life. Yeah, um, and then we we each um, had mentioned two. Or mentioned a particular like indie art uh, game maker that we admire for this kind of thing, and you mentioned Lauren Schmidt, which is I also follow all stuff that, um, that they've made, and that's a person who like all things they make has a, a, a thematic thread through everything. Um, and I also really admire um, another developer. Who I don't actually know their actual name because you know a lot of, a lot of indie or hobbyist developers you don't know. Yeah, um, but they go by Super Blizzard. Ooh. And um, they have a ton of games out, but like of the five or six titles um, available or that have had demos shared, 
um, there's like a you can really tell that like the, the common thread of the way that it's played. They're very different games, um, and they even look different. But there is still, if you saw if you see any new game that they put out, you'd know immediately who it came from. Basically, well, that's, yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, Heather Flowers, who does quite a few different games, varying different genres, but the Mac I feel thematically similar. And first, I haven't played more of her games, but. There's been visual novel. There's been platformer, other stuff, and like contrast. Probably uh, Christine Love. It's been known best by far for visual novels, interactive fiction, and only recently, to my knowledge, jump genres to a JRPG-inspired kind of a Final Fantasy XV-style gameplay experience. It's a little bit different from in terms of the engine, but still feels very much like a Christine Love game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess yeah, another good example. And I, I wanted to make sure that there was sort of a, a bright side. These are people who do a bunch of different things, even if there's a common thread of how it looks. Yeah. Christine Love's a great one who does the same stuff or you know, some kind of thing. And another good example is um, Spiderweb Software. And just can't remember his name but it's basically one guy with like you know a few contractors that he hires for different parts um oh, i can't remember his name oh jeff vogel um and he basically he makes turn-based title controlled rpgs in like a classic fantasy setting he's got basically two worlds that he's made about six games each in each of them that's a lot of games and he's been making them for like 20 years since like the first ones were like shareware back in the late 90s i remember those and he's still at it and it's still the same stuff and that's just everything you know and that's like they that's opposite of people who make all these entirely different things and, and which is what i'm currently doing yeah. which is what i was trying to get to is what do we do yeah. so like i wouldn't know like um like i know of your main game right now your name pro- your main project um Ethicari, but like have you made the same kind of games previously and when you are eventually done with it do you expect to make other similar narrative things or try something new? Yeah, I've done a lot in the visual novel space and interactive fiction space. Some of that was just an artifact of accessibility of the genres. We had to do nearly as much, we had to do as much engine building as you want to. Things like Renpy make it super easy to start a game. It's much more about the content within the game. And especially with the twine, it's getting very much about the content. And it's only as experimental, mm-hmm. only as feature-rich as you want it to be. Even then, I try to add experimental features. It's a mixtape game I wish I'd gone a little more into. But I definitely want to, for me, definitely many more genres, many more kinds of engines and whatnot. It's just looking at my resume, there's such a variety there. I might, might always be a developer, software developer in the background. There's many different domains many different technologies. Even when it's the web stack, I'm still using different tech in different places. I can, like, there are several different programming languages I've used extended periods. And I don't see myself yeah. ever, like, drilling down deeply in one tech compared to always looking to new and different things. And so how about... You know, uh, so, somehow I never thought of that connection because that's a separate topic yeah. that I've thought about a lot as well because I have for a long time been a lot the same way where like I'm you know it's kind of like that new hotness thing of you know what's the new JavaScript framework but you know really I just like 
seeing what the new things are and learning about new ways of doing things and new ways of solving the same problems. And um, that's always been, though, a driving thing in me learning more as a non-game developer. And I, somehow I didn't make the connection to the topic here, even though I thought about it in both contexts. <laughs> so I'm glad you brought that up. Glad to help. Yeah, so let's talk uh, some more about your uh, different genre experiences. Well, like if, if in the times whenever I've spent less time making games, but just thinking about it, like before I really tried to get kind of serious about it a couple of years ago, if I would just spend time thinking about the games I wanted to make that I hadn't started, it was always narrative tactical games. Um, Final Fantasy Tactics was always like the thing in my head. Like yeah. I want to make like a bunch of that. Um, and there's still like a lot of those that I even want to make. Um, but at some point, at different points whenever I would actually start tinkering with games or um, times in the past whenever I had projects that were abandoned, um, when I actually would sit down to build things, I would almost never actually do that and would end up with these other projects that are all entirely different, all different genres, all different um, themes and, and styles. Oh, wow. And Bring me back. I did almost the exact one of the driving things for me in game development was wanting to make my own Final Fantasy Tactics specifically. And that got me into high game. That really did a lot to put me onto the game development track. Was want to make my own Final Fantasy Tactics. I think you even got a decent way into making an asymmetric little engine, even if it didn't go very far. Yeah, and I still really want to. But at some point, one of the things I realized is that of all the narrative tactical games I want to make, any one of them would take a lot of time to do justice for one person. Yeah. And so if I wanted to make like this series or to really, if I, once, once I made one, that would probably be the thing I do yeah. because so much would go into doing that, that there would be other stories I'd want to tell and I'd already have the engine and I would do that. And now if I make the list of here's the game, you know, I'm going to finish Neon Den and then if I would try to prioritize the next 10 games I want to make, none of them will be that tactics game because all 10 would be replaced by yeah. that. Oh, now you're reminding me of a sci-fi game I wanted to make. Specifically, why I'm talking about this game idea in probably a decade plus, but it was very fantasy like, but sci fi. Ah, uh, it's really brings me back. Okay, now I'm, at, I'm gonna have to scratch that itch after Anthrotar right now. Thank you, Calvin. That, that's now great. I'm stuck with that idea. Can't get out of my head anymore. This was almost free of it. Dragging me back in, dragging me back in. Well, it could easily happen that before you get to it, another idea will just push it out of the way. Oh, yeah. That's what seems that's, – that's the pattern. Yeah. But the thing is, the thing I keep going to is, like, right now, my plan, if like, for the next 10 years of hobby game development is to make a bunch of different kinds of games because <laughs> otherwise it's a ton of different itches I'll never get to scratch. Yeah. You know, and maybe I'll get to the, the big – long series of tactics games at some point but once i do that's basically going to be it i don't have time to do both um and i really admire developers who can really just pour themselves into one genre but um even though i love all a lot of these ideas a lot it's not enough to throw away everything else i guess it's just you know, also why I'm prioritizing Neon Den right now because I get to within it even make a bunch of different games and scratch these different niches and 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 maybe I'm you know there could be a possibility that I can fold some of my game ideas entirely into Neon Den, um, 
and like not have to spend the extra time of making another full game of a totally different genre that I'll throw completely away when I'm done with because nothing will be useful to carry on to the next. Because you know, there's a lot of appeal in like whether it's an engine or a tool set or just or, or or whatever. Like having something you can take from one project and actually getting some some starting ground for the next one because otherwise like right now the list of games i have i'm starting from scratch with every single one because there is nothing i can reuse nothing i can build on yeah it's not easy to think about like to see all that effort you put into it to turn into a one-off so there's like very real psychological burden uh, and psychic weight when it comes to doing smaller games in different genres versus trying to stick it out with the one genre slash one engine so really something that if you're going to do game development until you want to, whichever direction you choose, be deliberate about it. Deliberate is what I'm trying to work yeah. on. And yeah, and right now that deliberate choice is figuring out how I can make a bunch of different kinds of things. And maybe I won't make it through all, like the list is like 17 games right now. And I probably won't make it through all 17 without some kind of plan changing. But I want to make it through some of the high priority ones which are all very different and will share nothing at all. And maybe at that point, maybe I'll have that sort of variety at scratch and I'll feel comfortable settling down with a single genre or, or, or something for a, a while. Uh, right now, I want to get some of them out of the way so that I feel like I'm not... I mean, the whole problem of like starting new projects and throwing them away, it feels even worse whenever they have nothing related so it just feels like you're throwing even more away. Oh. And I want to balance some of that out, I guess. Like if, if you had like a great RPG idea and then you came up with a better story, that kind of makes, it doesn't seem that that would feel as bad because it's like, well, you're improving your idea. You're play, you know, you're, you're building on it something better. Whereas if you are making, um, uh, if you're making a puzzle battle game and then you throw that away to make a tactical RPG, you are just abandoning every sh every shred of the idea, which is, you know, feels feels more bad. Yeah. So definitely something you want to explore with each game. Probably want to check in with yourself and ask yourself, have I done enough different dramas for a while? Am I actually making necessary work for myself? And is it time to call this done spell? I feel like it might something like might be a good idea for you just to, after Neon Den, take a stab at making multiple games for the same engine and seeing if that is more your speed. Probably time box it to a few months, maybe six months to a year, and see how you feel after that. Because you may find that it's much more your speed, or you may find see if you like it a lot less. And I'll definitely want to try both myself and see which one is more to my liking. Yeah, um, yeah. Some way of some time box experiment to to compare the two would be good. But at the same time, it's, it takes a lot of time to do that kind of experimenting because of how long you have to spend with with each thing. You know. Yeah. Um, one one thing I I have done, and this is actually what is currently kind of made me feel good about settling on the variety path, is for a while I did a bunch of different games every month. Um, and I found that I tended to make a lot of different things and that that had a, a rewarding feeling by doing those different things. And so now that I'm trying to spend time on bigger projects, 
that is the, the avenue I'm taking. But uh, maybe after I finish this, I should do the same experiment, but explicitly sit down and say, I'm going to make like um, a different narrative game every month for like three or four months um, so that I can get the feel of, you know, iterating on the same kind of thing and whether or not that feels better or not. Yeah, no, I did very much. I know I definitely want to try it myself and see. I know some of it isn't just like a different preference file, so I wonder how much that could be like an undiagnosed ADHD thing. And a unwanted challenge of focus contributes to that. Because I would like to be able to focus more for its own sake, and who knows, maybe if I get things addressed in that capacity, improve my capacity at least, I might find that I would rather do more stuff with the same engine slash genre for a while. We'll see. Yeah, I, I don't know if there's anything like that, but I, I, mean, I really do think whenever it comes to all these different things, whether or not it's what I've, I ultimately stick to in the long run, I really do like them. Like They all are very interesting things that I want to get you know get under my belt yeah. in some capacity and i don't know if that means long term i'm always going to make different things maybe at some point i'll strip them all down and say mm -hmm. each one i'm going to do in three months and i'm going to burn through them get them out of the way enjoy doing them in whatever capacity they become time box I, I, I don't yeah. know but i really i really do enjoy them like it's not just random different things because i can't pay attention or stick to something it's all i like them yeah. i like the nice. ideas yeah, you might find that you're able to build more of a toolkit out of your code and tools and whatnot that let you make these mini games much more readily. Yeah, maybe. Uh, one thing I'm really interested in trying to learn from, um, my, I think their name is, is Jesse, but I don't know a last name, the, the Super Blizzard um, developer. Uh, all the games that they make, they have a very... Not the same visual theme, but a style that is that you can recognize from game to game, um, and they feel very similar. But they all are entirely different games, and there's clearly like reused tooling. And maybe that's one way I could go about trying to find a compromise: is sharing types of tooling and visual styles and other elements aside from the mechanics and the genre. I could probably make three different games that are entirely different types of games, but that if you looked would feel similar. And it's sort of what I'm experimenting, I guess. Uh, this, there's a necessity of that in Neon Den because even though the arcade is all these different games, they all have to exist in the same game. So I do need to try to find a way to keep a visual style across them, but also make them look unique. Does that make yeah, sense? I'm looking at the Super right now and I see exactly that. Some kind of like deeper unity. It's like, you know, deep unity, recognizable artistic thing going on there. Yeah, they're, they're really good at, at, at that. Like, um, aside from the games um, that they've actually released, every once in a while there'll be like some experimental demos shared just on Twitter through GIFs. And even those, all entirely different games and still like a common theme. And I actually reached out and asked once, like, so do you have like a little you know framework or an engine that you've built that you do all this in? And they're like, no, I built every single one from well, scratch. So even though like you can see that, like, would you expect that those were all built like with some common ground? Considerably, because yeah. apparently, apparently they are not, and that is incredible that they have that much, um, that much common theming, and you know they look so much the same. Not because they're connected or related, but just the same person 
keeps making the same thing, even if they're starting from starting over each time. Yeah, that that's really interesting to me. Yeah, definitely very interesting. It's funny to see how much they retreat a uh, Lauren Schmidt too. It's definitely a clear, clear connection there. Yeah, I'm sure I found one from the other. Uh, there's a you know a pretty nice network of those of those developers uh, that you can always kind of trace around. Very cool. All right. Yeah. So I guess I think what we're good takeaways from this is just whatever you do, whether one genre slash engine or many genres slash many engines, make sure you're doing it purposefully. Uh, you're deci- you're deciding to do it. And to try the other way for a spell to see if it actually is more your speed. Any other takeaways from that? Or I guess also the idea too that even if you do make do make many different games, you can still achieve a sort of consistent artistic rendition sense if you want it, uh, and be consistent in that way. Ooh. Yeah, um, I think. I think that's something that I might want to explore. I would need to relook at that list of eventual things. Like, is there some way I can make a common thread between them? Um, and that might be a way that I can kind of ease some of the frustration I have with this, this contrast that I feel. Cause like, you know, both those approaches are so appealing to me that I am sometimes frustrated that I don't know if I picked the right one. So maybe that's something I can look at. Can I do a similar yeah, thing? Makes sense. Okay. Right. Um, do you have any? Um, we usually end our aspirations for the next week. Development wise, do you have any uh, particular goals? Are you gonna get any? Whether it's Atari or outside of that. Yeah. Uh, let's see, I want to get the apartment. Not the apartment, the house. So used to call it an apartment. I want to get the house much more arranged because we've actually finished to empty all the bins today. Yay! So we put some stuff away Congrats. and clean stuff up and get a little more organized. So I've got that space to work in and set everything I can for Planet Oz, the novel in motion. And then that'll probably be the week for me. And who knows? We'll, so I'm waiting to see when I'm going to get a client work to do. And I'll find out how busy this can keep me. Because I simply don't know how uh, much of it's going to be until it happens. So I'm a little bit of a holding pattern. To the personal commitments yeah. until then. Check my calendar as well. Good luck with that. Yeah, I might have a little bit of a short week too because uh, they're late. Let's see, um, hopefully we get a ghost uh, guest on the show soon. That would be nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, no, I think that's pretty much my agenda for this next week. So the next week, uh, there's one thing I'm going to rip out of Neon Den. I had kind of started putting in like the character that you're in of yourself in the game, um, you know, implementing character control and walking around from scene to scene and stuff, interacting with objects. And then I realized this is going to be a lot of animating work and it's not actually adding anything. And so I'm going to be ripping that out and it's just going to kind of be click controls and um, sort of interactive fiction style interactions with characters instead of walking up to them. So uh, I think that's going to work a lot better. It'll be a lot. It'll streamline a lot of things that I'm doing, so that will help me to kind of clean up some stuff that I've got. Um, so I'm gonna try to rip that out and make the demo I'm putting together a little simpler. All right. Well, that's it for 
that's it for today, and uh, we'll see you all next time.